Psalm chapter 73 is where we'll be. And I could read the entire chapter of Scripture, but I'm not going to for the sake of time this morning. These were my notes as I was studying this morning, if you want to see how God puts it together for me. And uh, as I was studying this week and God was outlining things and, and giving me thoughts as I read down through and studied the scripture, I started jotting them down and I said, now I need, I need to be a little bit more organized than that. And uh, so God put it down into few more thoughts than that. So we'll get to it. I do want to encourage you at the offset of this service that if you're able to um, stay for the afternoon service. And the reason for that is because um, it's going to be a part B. And uh, second part to the service this morning, um, as I'm preaching this message, because I've got five points this morning, and there's four more this afternoon out of these verses in Psalm 73. And uh, I said, I don't think we're going to get through them. Or we just go to meeting for the next hour and a half and do it all in one service. But I feel I'd lose you halfway through. And uh, so I'm, we're going to take an intermission and be able to grab a cup of coffee and then come back in for the 12 o'clock service. And I'm going to keep preaching. And, uh, and we will be right back here in Psalm 73 this afternoon. So just settle in to Psalm 73, okay? Psalm 73, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Psalm 73, we're going to read the first 11 verses uh, for the morning service. The Bible says, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt, and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily, they set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither. And waters are a full cup, are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is their knowledge in the Most High? I'll read verse 12 too. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. You know, if I had not said, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 73, and I would have just read these few verses right here this morning, you would have thought, he's written something about America today. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? God knows exactly where things are at and what's going on. And I'm going to preach for a few moments this morning on the subject matter, when wickedness abounds when wickedness abounds. Let's pray and then you can be seated and I'll preach. Father, we love you. 
Lord, I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm thankful, Lord, for the Bible. And uh, Lord, it's just as relevant today as it was when Asaph actually wrote this psalm. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage us, even though, Lord, for the first few moments today, it may not seem like it's encouraging. But Lord, I pray that you would draw us close to you, that you would be honored and glorified in everything that's said. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There'd probably be no doubt or argument today that wickedness is abounding and spreading all around us. It's not just wicked people, but wicked acts, tragedies, and just hurt towards other people. That's the society that we live in just this week. Here are some people that are gathered together for a parade for the wrong team. And a shooting takes place. Not a shooting because they were mad at the Kansas City Chiefs, but simply because of a disagreement and argument that's taken place. And they pull out guns and start shooting each other. And one person ends up dead and 22 or 23 people injured. And I think, what, eight or nine, maybe 10 of those injured were children that were just around to be able to see a Lombardi trophy go by on, I'll still call it a duck boat, okay, because we've had enough of them here in New England. And you say, why would that be taking place? Atrocities taking place across our nation, around the world. And listen, instead of it getting better, it just seems that the people involved just keep getting stronger and abound. No consequences as they continue to riot in cities, burn businesses, indoctrinate children, and hurt families. You say, Pastor, is it going to be that type of message? It is going to be for a little while. We're going to identify some things according to the scriptures today out of Psalm 73, because not much has changed in the past 3,000 years from when Asaph was writing these verses of Scripture, which we have preserved for us today. Why does wickedness continue to abound? It happened in the New Hampshire State House this week. If you're not paying attention that one of our representatives stood up to be able to read out of a curriculum book that is available to our young people here in New Hampshire. And a whole crowd got up and started walking out of the house chamber because they said it was too graphic and explicit for them to sit there and listen to. But yet it's available for our middle-aged children to be able to go get the book and be able to read that. You say, Pastor, there is wickedness everywhere. It is. It is abounding. And I want us to look in Psalm 73 because there's several things in relationship to the 
character of the wicked and their actions that I believe if we had not read the scripture and I just read, first of all, these first four points I'll give to you, then I'll I'll give you the fifth, but don't worry. But if I would have just given you the first four points, you would have said that exactly describes 2024 where we're living today. And here's some things that Asaph, as he is saying, that he is experiencing and he is looking around and he is saying these things are taking place. And he's looking at it and he's saying, what in the world is going on? It's just as real and true today. The first thing I want you to see about the wicked and the wickedness is the pride in their false safety. Their pride in their false safety. The Bible says here in verse number three, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. And here's verse number five. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain, not binding them, by the way. Violence covereth them as a garment. The pride in their false safety is they are, they are haughty in their spirit and they are saying and doing whatever they desire to do across society today. And they're doing it pridefully and in false safety. They're not in trouble as the Bible says. Listen, they're not in trouble as other men. You know as well as I do that if there were some conservative Christians that would stand up and start acting and, and, and taking a stand politically and publicly like what's being done across our nation today, they'd be shot down as quick as they could stand up and be condemned across our nation. But we see the wickedness that is taking place, and it seems like, boy, they're just sheltered, aren't they? Boy, you can't touch them. You say, say anything against the wicked and the wickedness today, and you're saying, oh, that, well, you, you, can't, you can't talk about that. They're, they're, they're protected. The pride in their false safety, they're not in trouble as other men. They're not plagued, the Bible says in verse number five, like other men. Bible says that they are covered and compassed about with pride and violence, and may I remind us, with no immediate consequences whatsoever. I already made mention, listen, it can take place and, and riots. Not, now, listen, I'm all for peaceful protest. I believe it's, it, it's, it's about time Christians are standing up. We need to stand for life. We need to stand for liberty. But listen, it's, it's not the Christians and those standing for righteousness that are going downtown and burning down Main Street. This isn't Philadelphia where if the sport team win or loses, something's getting burned. Okay, I've talked about that with my son-in-law. He said, it's Philly. Win or lose, something's burning. It's across our nation. And listen, am I the only one that's ever sat back and said, listen, why aren't our jails and prisons full of people that are burning our streets and burning our cities? Am I the only one that said, listen, 
the pride in their false safety and the way that they're living today. Not just the pride in their false safety, but I also saw this. I also see the purpose of their foolish speech. Starting in verse number eight, it says they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. When I hear how people are speaking today, when it's mentioned in here that they are speaking against the heavens, I am amazed today at how many have the audacity to stand up publicly and proclaim and condemn God Almighty as if they are challenging him. But then are you with me that we sit back sometime and say, well, God, why don't you just strike them with lightning? How many, listen, now be honest now, how many have ever said it would just be satisfying if a liar's pants really did catch on fire? Okay, uh, now be honest. Now listen, in my flesh, I'm sitting back saying, God, how in the world can you allow the wicked and the wickedness to continue on in our society today and how they are blaspheming the very nature and purpose of God? Amen. And that's the society we live in. They're clothed in their pride and their violence the violence, we just read it in verse number, uh, what was it? Verse number six, covereth them as a garment. They're, they're just clothed in it. Just violence and pride and their mouth is against the heaven and their tongue walketh through the earth. They are just yapping their mouth and speaking against God, speaking against righteousness. And listen, you say, Pastor, that's the society we live in. That's what Asaph is writing about 3,000 years ago, by the way. You say, boy, just things have gotten really bad. No, they always were. Amen. They, they always were. Now, we're just, you say, well, why are we realizing it? Because listen, we live today. And the availability of the wickedness that has taken place around our world, that literally they can, they, the wicked can speak lies and blaspheme against God Almighty and go about their lives. And we sit back and say, God, what else can happen? Well, then he says this, we see their pride, we see their purpose. But then I also see down here, here's where they are. Verse number 10. And this is usually where we are at. And this is probably, you say, Pastor, this is a real encouraging message this morning. And I, and I, and I may not give you an answer right here at this point either. I see the perplexity of the faithful saints. Here's God's people. Verse number 10. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them, and they say, how doth God know? 
And is there knowledge in the most high? You ever, you ever felt like you probably ought to try to inform God on what's going on? Okay, now this, this is where we sit back and we say, God, do you know what's taking place across our nation? Is there, here's the question, is there knowledge with the Most High? God, do you know this? God, do you know what they're saying about you? God, do you know what they're trying to teach our young people? God, do you know that they are just full of pride and the violence is just covering them? They're speaking their mouth. And God, it just seems like heaven is silent. It just seems like, God, there's, there's nothing that's taking place. You say, Pastor, that's, that's, that's hitting home. That's exactly where we live today. I know. That's why I was so dug into Psalm 73. That's why you need to stay around for this afternoon, because there's no way all of this is getting out this morning. No way. And we sit back and there's times that I've, I've heard things and I've seen things and I've experienced things. And I'm saying, God, do you, do you even know? Now, listen, it's not just society, but do you understand in sometimes in people's lives, we say it personally, God, I just experienced this. Do you even know what's taking place, God? Sometimes it seems like heaven is silent. And in the midst of, of Asaph writing this psalm here, which maybe he didn't even know that here a few thousand years later, we're going to be reading this and saying, you know, that just, that just sounds like 2024. <laughs> and they say the Bible's just an archaic book that's not relevant for today. Here's the pride Here's the purpose of their foolish speech and just speaking against God. Here's the perplexity in the midst of it, of God's people saying, hey, what's going on? I love the phrase, not love in practice, but how it was written here, that the waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. I heard a message one time that was preached on when you put through the ringer. And the, and, the, and the water's being wrung out, and sometimes it just feels like the, the twisting and the pressure and everything, and it's, it's taking everything out of us. And God, do you even know what's taking place? And sometimes, let's be honest with you, sometimes you feel like stepping out on your back porch and waving your hands up to God and saying, God, I'm right here. God, I, I, know, I know you're seated in heaven, but God, look at this. Or sometimes, and listen, we, we, we'll have Bible study and devotion again down at the, the, the state house this coming, this coming Thursday. We'll take lunch down there and we'll have a time. And listen, we could sit and discuss this all day long down there at the state house. And there are some believers that are there saying, hey, God, don't you even know what's taking place? Perplexity of the faithful saints. Is there knowledge with God? God, do you even know what's taking place? And then we see this, and he uses the word in verse number 12. Write this down. We see the prosperity of their fleshly satisfaction. Behold, just so they're identified, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world 
they increase in riches. Have you ever taken notice, and you would just absolutely have to have your head in the sand today if you haven't, have you ever noticed that there never seems to be a shortage of money for wickedness? There's never a shortage of money. I mean, there, there's always money to kill babies. There's always money to indoctrinate children. There's always money to be able to change identities. There's always money to be able to fight and argue against God. There's always money. Listen, I'm talking flowing in for wickedness. But try to stand up and say, hey, we want to build a church. Oh, yeah, boy, it's just not there. Where's the George Soros of Christianity today? Why can't we go out and rent a hundred buses just to be able to bus them in and be able to have a rally and be able to preach Christ? There's never a shortage. The prosperity for their fleshly satisfaction, it seems like around this world, listen, never a shortage of money to be able to satisfy the flesh. Never a shortage. Across this country, whatever it may be, if it's for this cause, that cause, whatever it may be, never a shortage of money. And the Bible says that they prosper in the world. They prosper. This is reality. You say, oh, pastor, you're preaching about America. No, I'm just preaching what Asaph wrote. I'm preaching what Asaph wrote thousands of years ago. Well, it's still real today. It is, isn't it? prosperity. Why is it that the wicked always seem to prosper? Why is it? I, I, I read a, uh, an account one time. There was a missionary that was coming home from the field on a ship a couple hundred years ago, and he was sailing into New York Harbor. And I just want to remind us of this. And as they were coming, boy, the, the crowd gathered on the ship. There was some type of celebrity or well-known person that was on there. And there was a crowd that was gathered on the dock and they had the signs and they had all the accolades and the band was playing and everything that was there. And here this big celebrity gets off and boy, they're welcomed by everybody walking off there. And here's this faithful missionary that's been preaching the gospel. This faithful missionary that's just been telling people about Jesus and not one person on the dock there to be able to say welcome home. Not one person to say, hey, you've done a great job. Not one person there to pat him on the back. And that wife looked over at the husband and, and, and she made the comment. She said, look at this. She said, here, they are. They're just a celebrity and they're prospering and they're wicked people, but they're well known. And all the accolades when they come home. And she said, here we are. We've been laboring faithfully on the field and been preaching Christ and here we come, and not one person's here to be able to welcome us. We got to get our own luggage. We got to we got to haul it through the crowd. And he just simply looked over at her and said, "Honey, I just want to remind you, we're not home yet. I want to remind you, we're not home yet." 
And here wickedness around us is prospering everywhere. And we look and say, how can it be that, listen, the wicked are being exalted? I cannot understand how this world can put wickedness and exalt it on a pedestal and people bow down and worship it and exalt it and say, that's what we're striving for. I don't understand how wickedness can abound today. And not just that they prosper in the world, but they increase in riches and constantly. How is it? And I'll just, there's some things I just don't understand. I don't, I don't understand how someone can go into politics in Washington that's never held down a job for their entire life, never received one paycheck whatsoever for a job that they've held. And 20 years later, They own three houses and have millions of dollars in the bank. And I'm saying, Lord, here's people that are faithfully serving God and the wicked prosper and abound in riches. Is anybody else perplexed after reading Psalm 73? And I keep reading and I keep reading and I keep looking around. And I'm saying when wickedness abounds, the pride in their false safety, the purpose of their foolish speech, foolishness against God, the perplexity of faithful servants, maybe I'm the only one, the prosperity of their fleshly satisfaction. Asaph said it this way in verse number 13. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, (laughs) I will speak thus, Boy, he's getting inside of him, something inside of him now. Okay, I'm going to speak up. I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. We'll keep reading in just a moment. But I believe that this is where the majority of a lot of Christians and a lot of believers that are desiring, they they see it, we know it, we look around us and say, they're prospering and they're wicked. They're increased in riches and they're wicked. And here I am, and this is what Asaph said, I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've had people say this, that have spent years out in the world, listen, living in drugs and alcohol and that type of living, and then they say, but I got right, and I'm trying to live for God now, and I've never had it so hard in my life. And here they are, they're prospering, they're abounding in riches. I've cleansed my heart in vain. I'm trying to live right, trying to do right. In fact, I might even stand up and say something. It'll probably offend the children. (laughs) 
And when I thought on it, it was, it was too painful. I think in a way, Asaph is probably vocalizing where most believers are today as we look around at this world and say, God, they're walking in their pride. They're against God. They're prospering and they're exalted. And God, what are we supposed to do? And I want you to see this. I want you to see number five today, and this is where I'll close it for this morning. I will come back and preach it at 12 o'clock and keep going. The priority of our focus on the Savior. Pastor, what are we supposed to do? Go back to Psalm 73, verse number one. I want you to see his focus at the beginning. He said, truly, God is good to Israel. You say, well, but that's not to me. He kept on going. (laughs) Even to such as are of a clean heart. You notice those things when he said, I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocence. Down at verse number 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. That's a semicolon at the end of verse number 16, which means verse number 17 is directly connected to it. I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocency. I thought to speak, but I should offend the generation of thy children. It was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Can I remind us? Very simple this. It's not over yet. (laughs) It's not over yet. You say, but pastor, wickedness is abounding. What do you expect from lost people? What do you expect from those that are in the world that they they worship themselves, they worship ideology, they do not worship God Almighty? But listen now, Asaph is saying, what made the difference? Can I put it in 2024? I went to church. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Can I remind us that church ought to be a different place from the way and the place that the world is operating today? In fact, you ought to be able to walk into church and be able to get some hope to be able to keep on going today. Now, yes, there's a reality of everything that's taken place, and I truly don't believe that I would be doing my job and responsibility as a pastor if I did not remind you and warn you that we are living in a wicked and an ungodly world. But I'll also remind us that their end is coming. The Bible says then understood I their end. You say, pastor, are you looking for, I'm looking forward to the end. I'm not looking forward to their end because if they don't turn to Christ, they're eternally separated from almighty God. 
And I want to be able to get them the gospel. I want to be able to tell them about Jesus, that Jesus loves them, that he died for their sins, paid for their price, and they can be eternally saved. I want to be able to, you say, oh no, the wickedness out there. Hey, listen, I would love the opportunity. And I, yeah, okay. I mentioned George Soros. I'd love to have an opportunity to have 15 minutes with him. You say, pastor, what would you do? Would you sit down and ask him for money? (laughs) I'd want to check on his soul first. I want to check on his soul. And I'd want to be able to tell him that there is a Jesus. And here's what a Jesus did for him. You say, pastor, is that the most important thing? Sure it is. Do you know what's going to change the wicked? A relationship with Christ. You say, oh no, we need to change the laws that they're voting through. Listen, I'm all for it. I'm going to be emailing this week and making sure the Judiciary Committee, listen, I'm not for killing people at the end of their life no more than I'm for killing people before they get to take their first breath. I'm not for it. But can I say this? People need Jesus today more than they need anything else. And our priority, listen, we can sit around all day long and we could have conversations from now all afternoon into the evening. And some of you will probably try to start those conversations on how wicked it is out there. And I know how wicked it is. But I'm going to keep preaching Jesus. And I'm going to try to keep proclaiming the word of God. And I'm going to keep my priority as my focus on the Savior because, listen, it's not about a group of people out in the world being pleased with Peter Chamberlain. They're not the ones that I'm going to stand before after this life is over. But it is going to be my Savior that I want to stand before, and I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear it from my Savior and my priority. Now, listen, I'll go ahead. You say, here's your hobby horse. Here's it coming. You ought to stay in church to be able to hear this message. When I went into the sanctuary, there's something about going to church. But the problem is even the importance of church today is being minimalized. The importance, I don't need that. Yes, you do. Well, you're saying that because you're a pastor. Hey, even Asaph said, when there's no hope out there, and some are starting to slack off. Some are saying, I don't need it. Some are saying, hey, I can get it, and I'm all for live streaming. There's no telling how many we got live streaming right now from the amount that's not in this auditorium this morning because of some sickness that's going around. Hey, I'm thankful for that. I'm not against that. Or we wouldn't have it. But I will say this, there's nothing like being able to walk in church and be together with God's people. Nothing like it whatsoever. And listen, it doesn't need to get less important in our lives. We don't need to be looking for excuses on why I can't be there. We need to be looking on reasons to get there. And I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not talking about things beyond our control. There's some, listen, they would love to be here every time the doors are open. But I'm just saying more and more, listen, as wickedness abounds, we need this place more than what some people are realizing. We need it. 
And I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us. Listen, it can be a discouraging message, and you can say, yeah, boy, things haven't changed much in the past 3,000 years. If Asaph was mentioning it back there, then listen, we're mentioning it today, and it's just as wicked today and perhaps even worse than it was. And we can get discouraged and depressed, or we can realize the same answer that Asaph had is the same answer we need today. I entered into the sanctuary of God and say that this needs to be a place that we need to come to. When wickedness abounds, listen, I don't understand how someone can open up and just start shooting in a crowd of people. It's wickedness. I, I, I don't understand what goes on in their mind. I don't understand how someone with no value for property whatsoever can walk inside of a store and just take a garbage bag and fill it up, them and 15 of their closest friends, and fill it up and turn around and walk out the front door and steal everything that they just gathered inside that, that, that garbage bag. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand that, that mentality, except it is wicked thinking that is abounding in this world today. And what's the answer? We better be focusing on our Savior. We better make sure our eyes are on Jesus. We better make sure. You say wickedness is abounding. Yes, it is. But this could be one of the greatest messages of hope that you ever hear. <laughs> could be one of the greatest messages of hope because there's still a Jesus that we can keep our eyes on. And listen, we're not home yet. And this is not the end. The end is coming. One of these days, boy, we're going to set foot on that golden shore. One of these days, listen, through sickness, through death, through the Lord Jesus Christ coming back, we're going to see him face to face. And listen, all the things of this world that we're looking at, all the wicked. Listen, they, they, wickedness is going to perish. How many are looking forward to the day? I say day, that's actually a segment of time. How many of y'all are looking for eternity when there's just no more wickedness? <laughs> it's just, there's just no more. But until then, Let's just keep focused on Jesus. Wickedness abounds. I don't understand how someone can walk into a walk into a business or break a window outside of a business and throw in some fire and burn that place to the ground. I don't, I don't understand how they can do it, except for it's just wickedness. I don't understand how, how people can just live in, in evilness and it just abounds. I don't understand that. But I do say I'm thankful for the sanctuary of my God. And I'm thankful there's a place that we can come to that we can say, here's God. We can get some hope, some strength to be able to keep going. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to try to reach one more. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do Tuesday? I'm going to try to reach another one. Try to make a difference. One at a time. Hey, if I can get two at a time, wonderful. See what the Lord will do. I'm just going to try to keep going after him. God's going to change the heart of people. But I think in our hearts and lives, listen, we can focus on all of that or we can focus on Christ. I'd rather focus on Christ. It's more encouraging. There's more joy that's there. There's more security that's there. I'm going to keep preaching point number five this afternoon. The priority of our focus on the Savior. Savior. 